get the fucking coffee, let's go. This ain't exactly Brazil, I could have pissed you a fucking cup by now. chocolate mac. Sorry, no chocolate macadamia. You would please have something else? Fucking hazelnut. That will be $1 and 8 cents. The sign says all coffee 69 cents. I'm very sorry, but that is a 44 ounce cup. And the largest coffee cup is 20 ounces. Therefore, I must charge you 99 cents plus tax, the price of a large fountain drink. That's bullshit. That sign says coffee all sizes, not all sizes up to 20 ounces. I'm hungry. Sorry, but you must pay 99 cents plus tax for that cup. Just pay the bitch the dollar eight and let's get the fuck out of here. That's bullshit. Just give me my fucking sandwich. I'm sorry, I cannot do that. That is only available with the 20 ounce coffee. That is not a 20 ounce coffee. This bitch getting on my nerves, man. Forget it. Just give him the fucking Danish. That sign says free snacky cake. I paid a dollar and eight cents for my coffee. I want my free snacky cake. I cannot do that. Here. That's apple cinnamon. I wanted cream cheese. Fuck's sake. Pay her the money and let's go. Either of you got some smaller in a bed? I'm sorry. I cannot accept any monies over a $20 bill. That's it. I should not sell it to you anyway, as that cup is very hot and might burn you. You are very strange. I'm going to call the police. And with that, folks, welcome to the Saturday Matinee Show Movie Review. I am your host. I'm Walker AC for this edition. Now, of course, Saturday Matinee Show is a matinee show. That could be any day. I just prefer Saturday. But just in case we don't get around to it, I'm going to list it as any day as I wish. It's my show, Nanny Nanny Boo Boo. So with that, our host joining us for this week's review is a particular host you may know very well. She has her own show on Thursdays called Cerberus. Please welcome my co-host for this edition, Miss Bradley. Miss Bradley, how are you? I'm wonderful, Adrian. How are you today? I am doing very well. The Saturday matinee show. Um, it's a weekly thing we try to do. Last time we had uh, Miss Tina Piper on. She did a tremendous job. So now it's time to have a little new blood in this week. So we're going to bring you in. And so... With this, we're going to watch the movie Thursday. It is a very interesting movie. It's done in September of 1998. Now, so let's go back a little bit here. Do you remember what you were doing back in 98? Oh, 1998. Oh, my goodness. I was nine years old. And wow. now I feel old. Okay. 
was probably in September of 1998. I was in, oh Lord, was that fifth grade? Fourth grade? And I was probably riding my bike down the road, falling off of it, skinning my knees. Um, living in Texas at the time, so I was probably messing with the emu down the street. Oh, wow. Now, you were nine years old in 1998. I graduated in 94. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and with that, I know I spoke about it um, on my last Saturday Matinee Show review. Um, me, my brother, and my friend went to Colorado, lived there uh, for a little bit, came back, moved to Daytona Beach with some other friends. And yeah, I was in Daytona Beach working for a movie theater in 98, I believe. Uh, when this movie came out and I stumbled upon it um, you know my normal travels of watching all sorts of obscure movies and this one caught my attention and I watched it recently and I had you watch it too um, it's a very different movie is with uh, Mickey Rourke uh, Aaron Eckhart uh, Paula Marshall a couple other people and the basis of the movie is basically a, a reformed drug dealer criminal um, named Nick who pretty much redid all his life and started fresh and clean and he has uh, an old buddy come into town wanted to say goodbye to him and all sorts of shenanigans ensues pretty much now before we get into the movie and the various various acts um, what did you think of the movie as a whole overall I thought it was a very good movie I was surprised with where the movie went and I have to admit that I I honestly didn't know what to expect from this movie but the name like Thursday my brain immediately goes to something like Clerks um, so I was expecting comedy or, or just something else not what this movie is and I have to admit I did truly enjoy the movie although I didn't know where I was going on the ride that it took me the entire time I, I just didn't understand in my brain exactly where we were going until about mm, close to the end that I understood but it took me a little bit to really understand that this is this is really kind of a gangster movie yeah it, it, was, it was really dark and some of the scenes you find yourself laughing at that you really shouldn't laugh at Absolutely. So, let's get right into it. We're talking about the movie Thursday, shot in 1998. Uh, we open up the first scene. Um, as you just heard in the intro, um, you, we have three people um, that, that's in, the, in a late night convenience store uh, wanting to get a coffee. And the gentleman, and please, I'm going to mix, mix up the names a little bit. And um, I believe it was Nick. I believe the the, 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 the hitman, the, the drug dealer Nick, is in the convenience store wanting to get coffee. Of course, the coffee he wanted was out. And lady behind the counter, of course, trying her best customer service. She came off very, very, very disingenuous, I guess. So he wasn't able to get his coffee. Had to get a substitute. Went to pay for his coffee. Of course, you know she charged him charged him a different price, even though the the, the coffee that he wanted was out. And after that, he wanted a free snacky cake, <laughs> which did not go along with the cup of coffee. Finally got a snacky cake. It was the wrong kind he wanted. And, of course, he had a too large of a bill 
that he wasn't able to get to get change from. And then, of course, the the the, the clerk gets shot, you know, for being kind of snide. And there we go. So I'll I let you. Say, I, so I'll let you touch on the first scene a little bit. Oh, I have to say, I was not expecting them to kill the clerk. I I should have known from that moment what this movie was going to be about, but I just was not expecting it. And once they kill the clerk, then a police officer comes in and he wants his coffee. And of course, Nick has to pretend to be the clerk because they just killed her and there's a police officer and there has to be someone to bring him up. So they, Nick puts on an extra shirt and stands behind the counter and this sweet police officer he comes in, he gets his um, his coffee, and then he asks him if he's a Picard or a uh, a Kirk guy. And I gotta say, I'm Picard all the way. I really am. Like, there's nothing wrong with the original Star Trek, don't get me wrong, but I love Captain Picard. What about you? Oddly enough, I was never a big Star Trek fan, but from what I've seen, I like Kirk because he number one, he was a tremendous overactor, and you know, and of course, he was the lead in every single scene. Which, of course, years later, come to find out that he stole all the scenes, and people really hated him for that. But I digress. Oh yes, <laughs> you can't help that. But um, I mean, he was the original, so but. The police officer asks him, and then he's like, you're right, Kirk is better. And then he leaves, only to come back in saying, oh, free snacky cake. And by that point, the clerk is already bleeding underneath the uh, the counter, and he sees it. So, of course, what is Nick and company going to do? They kill the cop. Yeah. And, of course, that takes us to our first act of the movie, which fast-forwards into a gentleman named Casey, Casey's life. And Casey lives in, a, you know, in your basic rural town, white picket fence, and he's an architect. And, of course, he's working along, and he's working with his wife. And he feels that there's something wrong you know, in their marriage because, he's, of course, he's working, you know, he's working really hard to impress her and to please her. You know, but then you know she finds herself really, really bored by them, and they go to a little flashback scene where he meets her, you know, in, in a little diner, and he's nose first into his work, and she approaches him, and she makes her first move, you know, because she finds an interest in him, and go back to present day, where she tells her husband Casey that that he bores the hell out of her, and that you know how she wants a, a true husband, and you know she wants him, she wants a passionate version of him and then ever so slightly he leans up and he tells her in a very low voice which makes you pay attention and he tells her you really wouldn't like who i am and now it's just kind of a passing through line as she leaves and then a little bit later on um, a driver pulls up and it's nick and i forgot i apologize nick calls him early in the morning lets him know that he's in town he's going to be married he wants to come by and say goodbye and, and, and see his good friend so, <clears throat> Nick knocks on the door, Casey invites him in, you know, 
and they have and they share a little bit of good times here and there and and of course Nick notices how Casey's life has changed how domesticated he's become and he's going to run a few errands as to borrow you know Casey's car just for a little bit to run some errands and and of course he leaves and as the scene goes on Casey is doing his work and he notices a Halliburton briefcase in the spare room which of course brings up a little bit of question in his mind after a few minutes he goes and opens it and Miss Bradley, what does he find? He finds drugs. I believe it was cocaine. Uh, uh, it's, it's actually heroin. Okay. Oh, shows what I know. Um, but no, he finds drugs. And he freaks out. He immediately calls Nick and asks Nick why there are drugs in his house. And during the process of Nick basically telling him, it's nothing, you don't have to worry about it, just ignore it, Casey decides he's going to chop it up and put it down the drain. As he's doing this, he gets a, um, was it just a knock on the door or doorbell? Either way, someone's at the door. And he goes, and it's a gentleman with a pizza. And of course... Casey is now either vegetarian or vegan, and he does not eat meat whatsoever, and he is curious as to what's on the pizza, because he didn't order it. Um, the pizza guy says it's a meat lover's, of course, because, you know, everyone loves a meat lover's. And so as soon as Casey says he'll take it, the man pulls out a gun and takes him back inside the house. So it turns out the pizza delivery guy is actually working for another, I guess, rival gang, and is meant to retrieve these drugs that Casey found inside of his home. And so because they have been flushed, well, put down the drain, he now needs to call his boss and figure out what he's supposed to do because he can't pick up drugs if they don't exist anymore. So he's told that he needs to kill Casey. And Casey asks him if he has, he, he understands he needs to die because of what he did. Um, but he asks the man if he has any pot. Because if he's going to die, he's going to do it with a smile on his face. <laughs> So, of course, they, um, they decide that they're going to smoke. And they smoke probably the biggest bag of marijuana I've seen in any movie whatsoever, with the exception of Harold and Kumar. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and so they get well and truly buzzed. And then the pizza delivery guy basically tries to come up with the nerve to kill Casey because he has to do it. He doesn't want to do it. He's explained that he's a musician at this point and all he wants is to be a musician. He just wants to write his music and become famous and be a rap star. And unfortunately, that's not something that is in the cards for him right now because he's working for a gang. So as he's explaining this, and he's explaining that he wants to basically get out of the business and has Casey at gunpoint, he gets a phone call. 
and he tells Casey to put in a, one of his cassette tapes because again this is the 90s cassette tapes and um, basically tells him that he has someone on the phone that wants to hear his music so Casey puts in the cassette tape and the pizza delivery guy starts rapping to this music to the guy on the phone while still having Casey at gunpoint so of course while he's distracted Casey takes the gun away from him and knocks him out and now that he's suburban house husband Casey doesn't know what to do with the guy's body the guy's not dead he just is in his house and has to have something has to do something with him so he takes him to the garage and he ties him up and tells him to be quiet because he gets another knock on the door who just happens to be um what would the term for that be um, an adoption specialist uh yes an, an adoption agent uh dr yeah. jarvis yes dr jarvis and so dr jarvis had an appointment with casey today because casey and his wife are planning on adopting a baby and so at this point Casey is absolutely freaking out. He just smoked a whole bunch of pot with this random guy that's in his house. There's guns everywhere. There's drugs everywhere. There's all kinds of paraphernalia. And he is now about to have a very important meeting with a gentleman who needs to be impressed. So he sprays some some, um, smelly spray like Lysol. And he puts away as much of the paraphernalia as he can, and he answers the door. And inside, Dr. Jarvis is giving him questions, and he's not doing very well because he's rather paranoid, because that does happen sometimes. And um, then he hears noises coming from the garage. And the gentleman in the garage is kicking the garage door trying to get out so Casey basically threatens him tells him to be quiet and then he realizes he can't trust the guy to be quiet so he strings him up to hang by his feet and what happens next again Adrian oh yes so after he hangs him up upside down he goes back to talk to Mr. Jarvis all of a sudden there's a knock at the door and excuse me a doorbell rings again so he tells Mr. Jarvis to hold on, he goes to the door, opens the door, cracks it open a little bit, and he sees a female. The female from the first act. So the female invites herself in, you know, while Casey is trying to get her out the door because he has an appointment with Mr. Jarvis. And of course, Mr. Jarvis is... Now, to describe Mr. Jarvis, um, he's a small, weaselly kind of guy, you know, who looks like he should be on, a, you know, you know, on the back of a, like an, an adult finder. He's pretty creepy um so he sees the female she sits, sits down she's dressed very provocatively and you know and of course the phone rings and casey goes answer the phone while he's on the phone you know talking with his wife the young lady is talking to dr jarvis she explains to him about casey's past so we do a little small um you know shot in the past of when casey and nick and her uh, were all excuse me she wasn't in it i apologize 
where Casey and Nick were in a drug deal. And of course, um, there's a whole bunch of, of dialogue and bringing up to the drug deal. Long story short, the drug deal goes awry. Casey and Nick killed everyone in the room. And then it goes back to present tense. Where, um, you know, of course, Dr. Jarvis hears everything. And of course, he does not want to do business with Casey whatsoever because he's learned about who he is. So as Dr. Jarvis leaves, Casey's upset. He's freaked out. All of a sudden, there's a gun pulled on him. And the girl, who is named, who we learn, her name is Dallas, gets Casey, ties him up, and asks about money all of a sudden. And of course, Casey's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I, I'm a house husband. I'm an architect, blah, blah, blah. And of course, she doesn't believe him. So as she waits, and before we get into this particular part, which is kind of funny in a disturbing way, we'll touch on that in a second, Casey proceeds to tell her about what really happened. Because Dallas, you know, really sees Casey as this, you know, as this regular house boring guy who has no balls or anything of the sort. And, you know, you know, you were this really tough guy, what happened to you? And he proceeds to tell her what the real story was. So they flash back again, and it shows, you know, Casey and Nick get into a gunfight over a drug deal. All of a sudden, a lady comes out and shoots a shotgun, and of course, they kill her, and become to find out she's pregnant. She's about nine months pregnant, and that really freaks Casey out. And he tells Nick, this is it, we're done. So we go back to the present tense. And of course, you know, Dallas is a sociopath, so she really doesn't care. You know, she's waiting for her other confidants to come to find out what they're going to do about the missing money all of a sudden now because the drugs have been just destroyed and, and flushed down the sink. And then she proceeds to want to have sex with Casey, who, of course, is a married fellow and finds her utterly repulsive. And then what's next was completely shocking to both myself and Ms. Bradley to what happened next. Do you care to describe that or shall I keep on going? It was quite shocking to me. So, to kill time, now to put the visual, Casey is sitting in his chair with his hands duct taped behind his back. His feet are duct taped to the you know to the legs of the chair, so he cannot move. She wants to have sex. Casey says, "Absolutely not. There is no way this is going to happen." So, in a very PG way, um, she <laughs> she gets him in the mood for that, and she pretty much rapes him. Um, while she plays a CD and, 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 and the track, 90s folks, and has a picture of his wife next to them while she proceeds to rape him multiple times. This goes on for seemingly minutes and minutes and minutes while Casey is putting his, his headspace somewhere else, flashback to him and his wife, you know, by their first house. So as that's going on, we hear a loud bang. And you see from Casey's vantage point, blood splatters all over his face. Someone shoots Dallas and kills her dead. So, <laughs> we continue with act number three. This introduces the other fellow. Now, let me see if I can recall his name. As I do that, do you wish to explain this scene? Yes. Um, I cannot remember this gentleman's name. He has a very thick uh, southern accent, which um, makes it a little difficult to understand some of what he says. But I've never been so grateful, and forgive me for saying so, for a character death in a movie. Um, 
I have to say, because that is one of the things that actually I'm not as comfortable with is the subject of rape. And so the fact that Dallas is gone and we don't have to worry about her again makes me very happy. Um, But on that note, the new gentleman that we have met immediately starts looking through the cupboards looking for alcohol. And we come to find out, I apologize, his name is Billy, but continue. Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't remember what it was. Um, so Billy is looking through Casey's uh, covers, looking for alcohol, um, finds some, and he and Casey just get to talk, and he's telling him that he needs to find this money, and that he, you know, will do what he needs to do to find it. And while they're having their talk, the neighbors, you hear screaming and sirens, and come to find out, the money that they're all looking for was stolen from the police. Some not so upright citizens um, that were kind of shady. And so these uh, police officers were trying to get their money and they went to the wrong house and massacred the family next door. So while Billy sees this, he uh, tells Casey about it and then he pops out a circular saw and a is it a flame gun that he has? Uh, yes, a circular saw and he has a blowtorch. Blowtorch, thank you. Um, I'm not very good with the names of tools apparently. <laughs> um, but he pulls up a blowtorch and he says, don't worry, I'll take you piece by piece and I'll cauterize it as I go. So he's threatening this and while he goes to, why did he walk away from Casey? I'm so sorry. I can't remember that part. No, it's okay. Um, so, so, so Billy hears a commotion next door. So he goes to check it out. So while he's going to check it out, Casey, mind you, with blood all over himself and blood on his hands, he actually wiggles free of the duct tape from behind his back and sets himself free of his hands and his ankles and he grabs a frying pan and sits back down. And he kind of mutters to himself, he goes, there's a gun in the refrigerator, and I grab a dish, you know, and I grab a, a, a frying pan. So that's when Billy comes back. Yes. So Billy comes back, and he's getting ready to, you know, start chopping into Casey. And then he notices that the tape he had put over Casey's face is no longer there. And that was a little too late because Casey jumped on him and knocked him out. And before we know it, Billy is also strung up in the garage with the pizza delivery guy. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Was that when the other cop came? Absolutely. Uh, Yes. So so this is when we go into the final act. Yes, this is the final act. So now... Casey goes upstairs to clean himself up because he is absolutely covered in blood. And he's trying to clean up all of the blood that is left over in his house. And I really need to know his cleaning techniques because he manages to do it. Um, But he goes upstairs, he cleans up a little bit, and he gets another person at his door. And he's on edge, of course. Who wouldn't be with the day that he's had? And essentially, he answers the door, and he's 
very vague about all the information that the gentleman is asking him for. And essentially what he's doing is saying, look, I don't know what's going on, but I want to be out of this. And the gentleman at the door is a police officer that comes in and basically tells him that the money is his and that Nick needs to give him the money and that he needs to find out by 7 o'clock that night where the money is. And so... So now, let me interrupt you just for a second. I apologize. No, 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 go ahead. So now before the cop arrives, who is Mickey Rourke, before the cop arrives to the door, the phone rings and Casey picks it up and it's Nick on the phone. Oh, yes, that's right. My apologies. So... Nick is talking to Casey, being very jovial with him, and Casey's really upset because, number one, he had a gun pulled on him, had to save himself, he was raped, had to save himself, and he was almost chopped up and quarterized, he had to save himself, so he had quite a frustrating day. And this was all Nick's fault. So Nick, you know, in a shot of Nick, he's in a telephone booth, you know, telling Casey, hey, he's a dead man, he has to get out of here, you know, I bought you and your wife a ticket to Paris you know, and when you're sitting around, you know, Paris, you know, you know, spare tire around your waist, you know, think of me. And Casey keeps asking, hey, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? What's going on? And Nick would not answer the question. And then eventually Nick hangs up. And then we fast forward to Mickey Rourke, the officer knocking at the door. So I'll have you pick up from there. Yes. My apologies. I thought that happened afterwards. Um, so... The police officer puts a bag down on the table, and inside the bag is Nick's head, or possibly just his skin. I'm not quite sure, Um, but the message is clear. We need this money, or you'll die too. So he's told that he needs to have that money by 7 o'clock that night, and that essentially, if he doesn't, it's into the line for him. So Casey's trying to think, trying to think. And oh my goodness. It's okay. Had I, a brain had a brain fart? It's okay. Yes, I did. <laughs> so, so 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 what I'll do, I'll pick up from here. Yes, please. So as the cop walked in the door, he gave Casey the car keys that Nick was using, you know, when Nick was using his car. So he gave him the car keys. And so, uh, so the police officer asked, asked uh, Casey, he goes, okay, where are the bodies? And he brings Mickey Rourke, the cop, into the garage where he sees dead Dallas, Billy, and a Jamaican hung upside down swinging. The cop proceeds to shoot both of them. <laughs> and so he goes, well, you better clean this mess up. And Casey was like, what, what am I going to do? And he goes, well, trash this today. So, of course, you know, you know, of course, of course, Casey's nervous. And he asked the police officer, hey, if I don't have the money, what am I going to do? I don't know what I'm doing. And the police goes, you know, you'll figure it out. And he leaves. So, Casey, being a reformed gangster, <laughs> who has been, you know, gun pulled on him, who's stoned high, been raped, Almost been chopped up. He has to go in his garage, chop up the three bodies, put them in garbage bags, and put them by you know by the lawn for for trash takeout. Yes, because the cop 
the police officer said, I believe it's trash day. It's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, the, so as the final scene goes on, uh, you know, Casey sits down and he's thinking and thinking and thinking. And then he thinks about what Nick says. You know, we're on the beach, older, spare tire around your waist, think of me. All of a sudden it hits him, and he opens up the trunk of the station wagon, and he finds a spare tire. Punctures the spare tire, and there's all the money. So, so shall I go on, or do you wish to continue? Um, you know what? I'll continue for now. Right. Um, so he finds the money in the spare tire, and he takes off the spare tire so he can get the rest of the money, and inside of it was a gift for Casey because Nick never went to Casey's wedding. So inside are his and hers watches. And so he puts on the watches and there's a heartfelt message in there for him from Nick. And he decides that he's going to call the police and tell them that he has the money and to show up at his house at seven. And then he also calls the Jamaicans who had sent the pizza delivery guy and tells them to come to the house for the money at the same time. He then gets into a very nice car that Nick had and he decides that he's going to go pick up his wife from work, which is at the airport. She is getting off of a plane from a business meeting with some executives and he goes and he picks her up. And he tells her that he wants to take her to France. He wants to take her to Paris. And she doesn't understand what's going on. She tells him that he's being crazy, that, you know, he's not making any kind of sense. And he tells her that she wanted to know who he really was. And he would tell her everything if she just came with him. And so he basically tells her that he has a whole bunch of money and that they need to go. And she can either come with him or not, but he's going. Now, before she makes that decision, what happens to the Jamaicans and the police when they show up at 7 o'clock? They kill each other. They have a shootout. Basically, it eliminates both problems at once. Yep. So now we fast forward back to the airport. Please continue. So we fast forward back to the airport, and he basically tells her he's got all this money. You can come with me or not, but I'm going. And so, of course, she makes the right choice, and she decides she's going to go with him because she loves her husband. And, I mean, if they've got a couple million dollars, they don't have to worry about anything. So, essentially, the movie ends with them riding off into the sunset together to go get on a plane, and... All of the problems are solved. And do you remember the question she asked him before they before they fade to black? I do not. She asked him, "So how was your day?" Ah. Uh, you know, and, and and he says, "My day was very interesting, and there's a lot about me I need to tell you that you don't know." Yes. And then the scene fades to black, and that's the movie. So, with the movie Thursday, of course, once again, it's a very obscure movie not too many people has heard about. And it's one of those films that you can find on Amazon, um, you can find on YouTube, and of course you can find it through various you know, nefarious ways, of course, like I have. 
And so, so Miss Bradley, what 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 grade? Um, what, what what rating would you give? Like a one out of ten for this particular movie? Mm, I did truly enjoy it. So I'd say it round about a seven. And the reason why I'd say seven is because it is obscure and it's for a specific kind of audience. Not everyone's going to enjoy this movie. Um, I enjoyed it, but um, it's definitely for a specific taste. Hmm. Now, um, give me some pros and cons about it. So, pros about the movie, it's very interesting. You don't know really quite what's going to happen next. Um, it definitely keeps you on your toes, and it is humorous while still being serious. I mean, some of the best parts were the Jamaican just sitting there rapping while he's holding this guy at gunpoint. Um, the fact that the phone, the ringtone on the phone is a cow that's mooing. Um, I thought that was great. Um, now, cons about the movie, if you are easily triggered by certain things, you're going to have a rough time with the movie. It does entail rape. Uh, there's a lot of blood. Um, there's a lot of killing in the movie. And while I truly enjoyed it, it's just one thing that not everyone will enjoy. And um, it just takes a certain kind of palette. But the movie is very enjoyable. There is a lot of, like I said, dark humor. Um, it's a very interesting movie that I would definitely watch again. Awesome, you know, and, and and to piggyback off of what you said, I give the movie at, you know at least a seven eight as well. Um, the, the 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 pros of the movie um, is unintentional humor, um, as far as you know you know like killing the clerk, or you know like of course beating up the Rasta man, or Billy you know he does not he you know like he doesn't know that that Casey is not tied up in the chair and he realizes it is too late, or Casey mentally beating himself up over because he can't kill anybody because he's reformed so that's kind of unintentional humor um the bad i guess the rape scene was pretty bad because you know i mean she took him you know by force and also i guess the fact that he was put in a situation where he had no control over it whatsoever and if he wasn't a reformed criminal he would have died instantly because he would not, he would not have known how to react to all of this the whole day. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, it's one of those movies I can watch again, you know, because it's humor, because it makes you think, and it puts you in that position to to what would you do kind of thing, you know, if you were Casey, how would you handle it? You know, would you, you know, throw away all the heroin? Would you smoke all that pot? You know, would you chop up a body? Stuff like that, and it definitely makes you think. You know, I mean, and you can accept it just for what it is. It's just a kind of, it's just a regular, different kind of movie, you know, that you can watch and turn off your brain and just enjoy it. Um, because it's set in 98, some things have held up well versus other things like cassette tapes, you know, or CDs or something like that. Stuff like that really doesn't hold up the test of time, but I find it to be a very, very enjoyable movie. I definitely agree. So as we put, so as we wrap up the movie section of the of the show here, um, please tell please tell our fans where they can find you. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Cerberus Magic. 
Um, you can find me also on TikTok, though I admittedly don't use it as much as I probably should, um, at Serby Cerberus. And of course, you can find me here on the Walker AC Experience on Thursdays um, with my show Cerberus. This week, we'll be talking about the holiday that just passed, um, Lugnasa, or if you prefer, Lamas. Um, and uh, I'll be here on Thursday. Sweet. Oh, and email. Uh, CerberusMagic at gmail.com. You can email me there if you have any questions or if you have any suggestions for things to talk about in my podcast. Awesome. Very good. And of course, you can always find us here under Walker AC 76. Excuse me. Walker AC 76. Uh, wonderful editing, folks. Um, dot podbean.com. That's Walker AC 76. Podbean.com. Of course, you can reach out to us here um, under the comment section below and also email me if you have any movie suggestions or whatnot under slackingmajestically01 yahoo.com. That's slackingmajestically01 yahoo.com. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank Miss Bradley for being part of the Saturday Matinee Movie Review. It was enjoyable, it was entertaining. I had a great time with you. Thank you once again for joining us. Anytime. I had a wonderful time. And of course, we'd like to thank each and every single one of you for downloading the show, listening to it live, all that fun stuff in between. And stay tuned next Tuesday for the Walker AC Experience, along with Cerberus on Thursday. And we'll be back once again on Saturday to chat the Walker AC Saturday matinee. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.